dealing with depression on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Digit. Save money without thinking about it. Get paid $5 just for signing up at servenomaster.com backslash digit today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Yesterday was a really happy episode. We talked a lot about, in our special 40th episode, the value of freedom. It was a happy, very positive episode. Today, we're talking about something that's a little bit tougher. And the reason I want to talk about this is it's something a lot of people face in isolation. And working on your own can allow depression to really creep into your life. As a child, I suffered from massive amounts of depression. I first thought about suicide when I was six or seven years old. I used to imagine jumping off the roof of my parents' house on Christmas just to teach them a lesson. I had these intense, very negative thoughts that were just overpowering me. And they affected my life in such a negative way. By the time I was in high school, my parents began sending me to different shrinks and different types of counselors. I think I've been to all the different types, you know, the ones who prescribe, the ones who can't, counselors, shrinks, psychiatrists, psychologists, the whole spectrum. I went through five or six before I was the age of 18. They medicated me in different ways to give me happiness. They tried all these different methods on me. So I really went through that experience. I know what it feels like. And having been through the whole professional spectrum, no one ever really helped me. To be completely honest with you, none of their methods helped me. The pills didn't work. They just made me feel kind of dead inside which is how they medicate a lot of children these days. That's more and more what ADD medications do. And we just want to kind of deaden our children so they do what we want. But all of these psychologists and all of their advice, you spend there every day or every week, you spend an hour sitting there just talking about your problems for an hour and saying all these negative words. And my experience is that the more time you spend dwelling on negative things, the more powerful they become. Now, I know that for some people, psychiatry and going to this type of situation has been very beneficial and helpful for them. At the same time, you often go to a psychologist and they say, oh, we'll have your problem fixed in 20 years. 20 years to fix a problem is a really long time. I only have one friend, and I don't know if he ever did it, but he really wanted to become a psychologist, but only after he'd been sectioned. He had a breakdown. They put him into one of those places. I don't know what you're allowed to call them anymore. I know it's not an asylum anymore. It was, it was much nicer than an asylum. It was more like It was more like an amazing vacation location. But when he came out, he said, oh, they helped me so much, that's what I want to do for my career. So it's this business where most people get into it because they had problems. So it's this cycle that I don't want to be a part of, and it's something that I dealt with personally on a very serious level. And understanding the way depression works and the way it can sneak up on us is the key to solving it and dealing with it. And I know other people, I'll tell you right now, other people have different methods, other people have different beliefs. This is the system that worked for me. And I'm not telling you to stop going to your doctor or whatever. I'm simply telling you what worked for me and totally changed my life. Depression works by slowly creeping up on you. It's like a fog. At first, it's just around your feet, slowly creeping up and you ignore it. You go, that's not a big deal. I'll shake it off. 
it's kind of this denial phase. Oh, it's not that foggy. It'll go away. The sun will come out. It'll disappear. And it slowly rises. And then it's above your legs. And then it's above your waist. And then suddenly it's at neck level. And you start to get worried. But you can't see anyone to ask for help anymore. Because then it's over your mouth. And then your nose. And then your eyes. You can't breathe. And you can't see. And it suffocates you. And this feeling of malaise or that nothing can change it. You start to feel down. And you feel that nothing will fix the way you feel. And it's this sinister power that really depends upon your silence during the first few phases. I still, to be completely honest with you, completely and totally suffer from depression, but I haven't managed very successfully. When I was younger and I would hit a depression cycle, they would last three or four weeks. Now using my system, when I feel a flicker of depression, I know how to stop it and make it disappear within 15 minutes. I don't know how to make depression never try and attack you again. But I do know how to make it go away every single time. I've never been depressed in the last 15 years for more than an hour. The longest cycle I've dealt with was an hour. Compared to days and weeks, it's nothing. And those hour-long ones haven't happened in a long time either. Usually it's 10 minutes or less now because I take swift and efficient action. Understanding that it's slowly creeping and admitting, hey, this is depression attacking me, that's step one. If you can admit what's going on, just like I admitted with you. It's not very exciting for me to admit to you that I suffer from depression. We have this social stigma against it, and that's part of the problem. We're afraid to say anything. So my step one is I tell the closest person to me. As soon as I start to feel depressed, whoever's standing near me, I say, I'm feeling depressed. If there's no one near me, I call someone every single time. When I first started doing that, it was very embarrassing. I started doing it with my parents and my sisters. It's very hard to say to your parents, hey, Dad, I'm feeling really depressed. We have to do something right now. But I trained the people around me to immediately take action. I say, hey, we can do something about this depression right now, or we can wait till tomorrow, and I'm going to be awful for the next three weeks. The people around you love you and care about you, and they will be glad to take action. The second step in my depression solution, the way I deal with depression, is to isolate activities that solve your problem. Things that you like to do. For me... There are a ton of things I like to do. I like to surf, I like to kayak, I like to stand up paddle, I like to ride my exercise bike, I like to exercise with my kettlebells, I like to watch movies, I like to play video games, I like to play my guitar. I have a host of things that I really, really like to do. When you start to feel depressed, and once you're in that deep malaise, once the fog is above your waist level or at your head level, you look at those things, you go, I don't wanna do that, I don't wanna play guitar. Guitar sucks, I hate guitar. The depression gets strong enough that it convinces you that you don't like these things. So as soon as I have a depression kick, as soon as I feel it creeping up on me, I tell someone around me and we immediately go do something. The reason I tell the second person is I need that help for motivation because if it's a a powerful strike of depression, if it's coming on hard, I might not last long enough doing the activity I like, but then the person around me will drag me to a movie or go to the batting cages, which I absolutely love. I wish there was a batting cage here. Or we'll go to the golf range. I like hitting golf balls. We'll do something that's a quick activity, it takes less than an hour, and suddenly the depression disappears from me. This technique distracts you from the depression, and here's how it works. The reason it works, there is some science behind this. We, as a culture, have decided that emotions are very special, that they're a unique occurrence inside of our brains that are more powerful than us. We have decided that emotions control behavior, and that we have no power over emotions, that we're slaves to our emotions. And you see this play out more and more in 
court cases and other places where they say, oh, it's not my fault, it's my emotions, as though there's a third party inside of you controlling everything. And this is bad science. Real science is this, emotions are thoughts. That one sentence will change your life. Because if emotions are thoughts, you have the ability to control them. I have complete and total control over my emotions. Some people around me don't really believe in that, but understanding the science, understanding that thoughts are controllable. We choose what we think about. We believe that emotions are so powerful that they can control our thought life and we can't affect them. But there are simple tests you can do, simple experiments that can prove I'm correct. And I'm a big, big believer in science. I'd rather prove it to you. The first thing I'd like to do is prove there's a connection between your body and your emotions and that you can control it. If you pause this episode, go look in front of a mirror, go stand in front of a mirror right now, and I want you to frown, make the biggest frown you can, and count to 30 inside your head. By the end of those 30 seconds, you'll start to feel pretty, pretty bad. You'll feel pretty down. You'll be like, you know what? I hate Jonathan. I hate the Servo Master podcast. I think I'm going to cancel. I don't want to listen to that garbage anymore. He's an idiot. But if you then force yourself to make a big cheesy smile no matter what and count to 30 again, you'll find your mood completely shifts into the positive. You become very happy again. Emotions control behavior, but behavior also controls emotions. It's a two-way communicative street. You can control your emotions on a basic level. This is the first test. So simple experiment is the next time you feel sad or depressed, stand in front of a mirror and say, I'm going to be depressed, but I'm going to stand in front of this mirror and smile for three minutes. After that, I'm going to be as depressed as I want. Then I'll give in to this emotion. And you'll discover most of the time you shut down that depression feeling. But let's go one step beyond that. Let's give one more experiment to prove that I'm not just some um, podcast dum-dum. When you have a thought in your mind, something that you're really focused on, if something else happens, if there's an emergency, that thought disappears. For example, you have a shopping list. You need to buy 10 things today. If you go to the movies and watch a movie, the movie takes so much of your attention that the shopping list disappears from your mind. You no longer think about it. Behavior can affect our thoughts. And in fact, things that become important can be crushed by more important priorities. So the next time you're feeling depressed, think about what would happen if there was a fire. You're lying in bed, super depressed, and you say to yourself, I don't wanna get out of bed today. If the house caught on fire, you would stop thinking about your depression immediately. Your priorities would change. And if emergencies can shift your priorities, then anything else can shift your priorities because we determine what are emergencies. We have the choice inside of our brains to decide if that fire is an emergency or not. I've seen plenty of people in a fire go, oh, that fire's not that big of a deal. When I was younger, I served on an ambulance for a year. I saw a real fire. I saw a real fire start. I saw someone flick a cigarette out the window of a van into some bushes, and I watched it catch on fire, which almost never happens, but it does sometimes in front of this furniture store. I will tell you, I couldn't believe how fast a fire grew. You hear about it, and you hear about forest fires. This fire went from nothing to 12 or 15 feet tall in about 10 seconds. I jumped in the ambulance, grabbed a fire extinguisher, walked out, and the fire that was inside of a little bush that was nothing was now touching the eaves of this furniture store. Unbelievable. And I'll tell you right now, man, that place would have burned to the ground if we hadn't been there in our ambulance. We just happened to be there. We were eating at the restaurant next door, walking out to the van when it happened. It was total luck that saved this entire business from a little cigarette fire. Fire is very powerful, very fast, but we don't always treat it as an emergency. It's an active decision to decide if something is an emergency. You have the ability with the way you thought, with the way you approach your thoughts and the way you prioritize to 
push these negative thoughts away and go, this is just a thought. Feeling sad is just a thought and it's not important. I'm going to push it away. This is a little bit of the science and you can actively do this. I find it really helps to bring someone else into my life and to go actually do something rather than just try and fight depression in my mind. But you can successfully put depression down by going, hey, this is just a thought. I don't want this thought. I'm going to think about something that makes me happy. I don't want to think about things that make me sad. And you can take total control of your depression. Like this is my personal experience. And I find that it's very powerful. I find that this is a very powerful technique and can really help you. The reason we're talking about depression a little bit on a podcast that's about working for yourself and achieving success is that you will experience moments of loneliness when you work by yourself. I am around my kids and my family all the time, but sometimes I'm working and I'm locked in, I've got my headphones on, and I'm really, really focused. And these flickers of depression can hit me, these flickers of loneliness, because I'm around everyone, but I'm a little bit lonely. And it's totally an artificial construct. I have no reason to feel loneliness. My kids are amazing. I'm at that stage in life where my kids love spending time with me. They haven't turned on me yet. I'm surrounded by people that love spending time with me and that I really, really enjoy. So the loneliness feeling is not real. It's artificial. It's an artificial construct created by my depression that's just trying to sneak in by hiding behind another name. This is a very long episode, and that's because it's not a very complicated problem. My solution to dealing with depression is very simple. So as you're moving forward, I want to prepare you for things before they happen. I want to share this message with you before you email me saying, I finally quit my job and I'm so depressed because I'm so lonely. I don't have anyone to hang out with all day. I want to give you some of these tools so you can deal with this problem in advance. Some of the other structural decisions you can make, changes you can make when you leave your job behind, when you begin working for yourself, you need to find a support group, people around you that are on the same path. And these can be in the form of masterminds or meetup.com meetups. Find other people on the same path as you that you can talk to because your struggles become unique. The reason we have such great rapport with our coworkers is because we have the same experience. We can complain about what it's like dealing with our boss. I cannot complain about work to my girlfriend. She doesn't know what it's like. She doesn't write books. So even though she'll listen and she'll commiserate and be very supportive, she doesn't know the experience in the same way that complaining or talking to another author can connect with me. She doesn't know what it's like to get a bad review on a book because she's never written a book. And there's plenty of things that she does that I do not know how to commiserate with her about. I don't know that experience. Surrounding yourself with people on the same path can be very, very helpful. I've talked over and over again how joining masterminds and joining these groups helps you financially, but it also helps you emotionally. It gives you a bit of social context, a little bit of social contact. A lot of new mothers, you know, I write a lot of books in the mom space. A lot of new mothers struggle from depression because you leave the workforce and suddenly... You're just around your kid all the time. You have no other adults to talk to. And as much as you love your child, you need that other release, which is why people develop Mommy and Me programs and other mommy get-together places and why moms love to get, go to the park. I understand all of that. It's the same type of experience. It's going from being around people all the time to being a little bit by yourself all the time. So your three action steps, the three key steps for dealing with depression are admitting it, admitting that you're feeling a bit of loneliness or sadness, taking immediate action, and remembering that it's just a thought and you have the ability to change what you think about. If you take those three steps, anytime depression attacks you, you'll be able to overcome it and begin to develop a social bulwark against that situation. If you're staying at home and your partner is at work, you can't text them and say, come home, I'm feeling depressed. They're not going to like that at all. They're not going to respond positively to that. I know that. That's why you want to find other at-home workers or at-home moms and dads from developing this other group, developing a mastermind or a social group that you can call them and say, hey, I need to do something right away. I'm feeling depressed. I don't, want it to, I don't want it to kick in. 
People don't look down on you when you say you're depressed. It only comes from the depression itself trying to convince you that it's bad to ask for help. Because if you don't ask for help, then depression become more and more powerful and overwhelm you. So whether you're dealing with feelings of sadness or having bad days, I get hit with little hits from random places. Sometimes, oh, Amazon, it doesn't always update fast enough. So sometimes I'll look and it looks like I'm having a terrible sales day. Oh my gosh, no one's bought any of my books today. I guess I'm a loser. And then I look two hours later, updates, and I've sold a ton of books. But I have this kick of depression when I see that this depression thinks it sees an opportunity to attack me. And because I'm proactive, it can never sneak in the door. It can hit me. It lasts for a few seconds. I go, what are you kidding? This is going to go away. Or I turn to my girlfriend and say, I'm feeling a little bit sad about these numbers. Let's go do something. Taking action can really change your life. It can shut down depression and remove, remove this curse from your life and give you real freedom, which is what you deserve. See, Servant of Master isn't just about making money. It's about so much more. It's about total and complete lifestyle change. And I want to help you transition into an amazing life. And part of that is sharing and being honest with you about something that I've really dealt with. Something that I really struggled with as a kid. I haven't seen a professional since I was, say, 17. It's almost 20 years now. I don't need it. The thought of sitting and talking about my problems all the time, it doesn't appeal to me. I don't want to talk about negative things because then it gives them life and they become powerful. I would much rather talk about really happy things and then the negative feelings disappear, they fade away. I really hope that this lesson has been powerful for you. And I want you to know, don't worry, I'm not always gonna have negative lessons. This is a lesson of hope as well, showing that you can overcome these negative feelings. In the next lesson, which I'm very excited about, in our next episode, I'm gonna talk about finding your passion. Some people have been messaging me saying, I wanna work on a passion project, but I'm not sure what I'm passionate about. It's some people, if you have a passion, it sounds crazy, but if you don't, it's totally reasonable. I totally understand where you're coming from. Finding your passion is very important. You don't want to guess wrong and go down the path, start a business and go, oh, you know what? I'm not passionate about this. So I'm very excited to talk about them in the next episode. And I'm very excited to spend more time with you. And remember, anytime you're feeling loneliness or a kick of depression, you can fight against it. And if you need to message someone, you can email me. I only check email once a day, so I'm not the best resource in the world because sometimes you need that immediate reply but I'm there for you. We're on this journey together. I'm a little higher up the mountain than you and it's my job and my duty to cut away the branches and to guide you up the correct path. So I'm here for you in any way that you need. I appreciate you being with me on this lesson. I'm very excited to record more of my podcast episodes on the beach. I love being in paradise and just enjoying being outdoors. This transition is very pleasant for me. As much as I enjoy recording inside, recording outside is a thousand times better. Even though you do get a little bit of bird noise and ocean noise, I hope you appreciate the sounds of paradise that are coming in your future very soon. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you have the ability to control your depression. It does not have the ability to control you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Serve No Master podcast. Join me on my Facebook page at facebook.com backslash serve no master.